I count it as a, a great blessing that in my first year of ordained ministry, um, the movie Four Weddings and a Funeral came out. Um, it's still one of my favorite movies, and uh, I showed a clip of it last year in a Christian formation class. Um, there's a great scene there where a young Rowan Atkinson is playing the role of Father Gerald, a just ordained priest. And Father Gerald is responsible for officiating at this, his first wedding. And somehow, some way, with his acting and the, the movies uh, making, you feel his anxiety all through this scene. He stumbles over his lines. He, he messes up the names of the, the bride and the groom. And famously, he begins it well enough. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he's off and running. But then the very next time he mentions the Trinity, it comes out, Father, Son, and Holy Goat. <laughs> and then he gets all mixed up with words and names, and then he comes back to the Trinity again, and it comes out, Father, Son, and Holy Spigot. <laughs> that scene and that movie uh, work as a great reminder to tread carefully when talking about the Holy Trinity. <laughs> Uh, this is a Sunday that many priests and ministers uh, dread and are quick to get a replacement, a curate or a seminarian to preach and uh, try their hand at the doctrine of the Trinity. Um, it is a mystery, the beginning and the end of it. It is a mystery, uh, but it is a mystery that God invites us into um, with symbol, with sign, with music, with prayer and with scriptures. In our first reading from Proverbs, we meet again a character that we have encountered in the previous weeks as we celebrated the coming of the Holy Spirit in its fullest form on the day of Pentecost, because here too is one aspect of God's Holy Spirit in Dame Wisdom or Lady Wisdom, Sophia. Um, wisdom personified as, as a, a woman who goes through the city of God, who journeys through the earth looking for anyone who will listen, for anyone who will stop for just a moment and consider the way of wisdom. We're told that wisdom is closely related to God, is a part of God, was with God at creation itself. Then and there she already was. She was God's daily delight, Scripture says. One version describes her as the, the architect by God's side at the very beginning, playing happily in the presence of God. In the epistle, Paul's letter to the Romans, where we're reminded that God has given us the Holy Spirit as a kind of second wind, as um, a force, a power to lift us up when we're down, to, to urge us forward when we're discouraged, um, to help us steady ourselves when we've stumbled. The Holy Spirit comes like a wind out of nowhere to invigorate our faith whenever we've grown tired or confused. In the gospel, Jesus speaks to his friends, the disciples, and to us, the modern-day disciples, 
as Jesus promises, that this spirit is not some disembodied, amorphous, vague, abstract spirit, but it's his own spirit. And so in the gospel, Jesus kind of naturally uses male pronouns to to talk about the spirit, not because the spirit is a he, uh, but because it's his spirit he's speaking of here, his spirit that, that fully includes Sophia and Christ. Jesus is saying that what is of God is also of Jesus. And then what is of Jesus is of the Spirit. The three are one. And God's intention is that we be absorbed into, into the full life of God, the life of God, the Trinity. We have a reminder of this in our church along the sides of all the pews and in the pews up here in the choir proper. Um, it's, a, it's an image that's reproduced in darkness in your photocopied uh, church newsletter. If you go online, you can see a better picture of it. Or after the service, if you take the tour of the church or if you just walk up yourself, you can look at the full version of it carved into these pews up here. Um, I guess they had a little more money and time when they carved these pews, because these pews include words, whereas the pews throughout the church just just show the symbol. But if you look at it, it's this triangular symbol, but actually there are three points. And those three points are labeled up here with the Latin names for Father, Son, and Spirit. In the middle, it says God. And so read around the triangle, around the circle up here, it basically says the Father is not the Son, is not the Spirit, is not the Father. And so you get, you get trapped in this world of knots until you look in the middle. It says, but the, God is, the Father is God, the Son is God, the Spirit is God. And so this little symbol near where we sit and move and pray um, reminds us of the life of the Holy Trinity, a life of of movement, a life of, of mutual indwelling and sharing, a life that is God lived in community. One theologian has put it this way, the Holy Trinity can be understood as in Christ we have God with us, In the spirit, we have God in us. But while we have both of these, we also and always have God over us as God the parent. God the parent is over us as mother, father, the author of all life, the one who holds us and cares for us and sets out the plan in which we find our way. God the Son, Jesus, is God with us, Emmanuel, walking before us and beside us as an elder sibling, a friend, a companion, a shepherd, a guide, a support. And God the Spirit is, of course, within us, giving us strength, probing our conscience, showing us where the world most needs God, which is to say where the world most needs us to show and be the love of God. But even all of that can be abstract, can't it? The Holy Trinity is a mystery that we never quite fully grasp in this life. The writer Frederick Buechner thinks of a more everyday example to understand the Trinity. He writes, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit mean that the mystery beyond us, the mystery among us, and the mystery within us are all the same mystery. He imagines it's a little bit like when we look in the mirror at ourselves. 
We look in the mirror and there I am, or a version of me. It's a part of me, a part of you when you look in the mirror, an abstract of you, an aspect of you. But there's a hidden you that's not fully revealed in that image. There's an interior you, an interior life that's known only to yourself, and you choose whether to communicate it or not. This is a little like God the Father, Beekner says. When we look into the mirror and we see an image of ourselves, we also see several selves if we look carefully. There's the part that can be revealed or, or we choose not to reveal, but there's also the visible face. And to some extent, this face reflects our inner life. If we're upset, it shows. If we're worried or anxious, it shows sometimes. If we're happy, it, it surely shows. If we're rested or at peace, it shows If we're in love or wanting to love someone, it's transparent often. That, Beekner says, is like God the Son. It's the face of God, showing a little of what God is like, but not showing absolutely every aspect. And finally, or thirdly, when we look into the mirror, we also kind of see our complicated selves And we notice that with who we are, there is a kind of invisible power we have that allows us to communicate who we really are to others. Um, This invisible power that one really can't see allows us to share our interior life in such a way that others don't merely know about it, but they experience a part of who we are. You know what this is like when you you encounter someone and you experience them and they, they leave the room, but you still feel a part of them. You're changed because of that person in some way. They've somehow communicated a part of themselves to you that relates to the work of the Holy Spirit. Beekner suggests the Spirit communicates the face and the reality of God in such a way that we can know God, we can receive God, we can begin to become a little like God. And so there we have it, as clear or as distorted as looking into a mirror. I look into a mirror and I see three of me, and yet just one. There's the interior me, the one that I see, and then that one that leaves an impression later, but it's the same one. The Holy Trinity comes among us in such a mystery as that. It's a great gift that the Church of the Holy Trinity is named for this mystery, I think, because at the beginning and the end of the mystery, it means that God lives in community. God loves in community. And as a church named for the Holy Trinity, we can continue to do our best to live out of this vision and into this vision um, that we always and everywhere um, allow ourselves to include others, to to experience the love of God uh, within us, around us, and over us, and to relate and convey and share this love of God as best we can. May the Holy Spirit surround us deepen us and show us the fullness of God's love. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. 